When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week we're covering issues number 15 and 17 of the original Mirage series, volume one. Throwing it back to Mirage. That's what? Dome, Doom, and Distractions, right? Dome, yes. Doom, and Distractions. A lot of Ds. Yeah. Triple D. <laughs> This is my first time reading these issues, um, and I'd never heard of the Justice Force before. <laughs> so uh, I feel like I feel like this was adapted in 2003. It was. So there you go. <laughs> I had I had reading it. I had a feeling it would be. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very loosely adapted, but uh, okay. it's adapted. They made some changes in the storytelling that, well, we could talk about it maybe a little yeah. bit later. And so we're we're skipping issue sixteen because that's technically like a guest issue, right? Mm-hmm. It ties into issues from the guest era of Mirage. Yeah, our our next issues we'll be reading uh, as part of this series will be the Return to New York part, which jumps to nineteen uh, nineteen through twenty one. And so, like, after Return to New York, it's just straight guest era. So we're kind of at the beginning of that guest era right now. And then after Return to New York, it's... But are we are we pretty much at the end of our Mirage run, then? After Return to New York? Uh, no. our, vol- our Volume 1 Mirage run? No, we'll still no, be in then... Volume 1. It's just going to be the guest era for a little uh, bit. The guest okay. era, we feel like, fits into continuity is uh, what we'll be including. Got it. And then City at War. Yeah. Then that Gray, War. City at War, then Volume 2. So we're, we're about halfway, I'd say. We've got a lot of turtles coming still, sounds mm-hmm. like. it's There's a lot of turtles to cover. <laughs> now we've got content for days. <laughs> Literal days, even. Not months, days. Well, Spencer, do you want to kick us off and tell us a story? <laughs> yeah, let's tell a story. The Ancient One did tell me a story I think you guys would want to hear. About Master Splinter's master, Hamato Yoshi. Well, let's hear it! So, Dome Doom. It was printed, uh, well, at least it was sold on in August of 1988. The story and pencils are by Peter Laird, inks by Jim Lawson, lettering by Steve Levine. Our story begins with Mikey, Raph, and Casey at the comic book store when a bunch of little robots with maces bust in and attack. The fight is joined by the workers who are there that turn out to be none other than Stainless Steel Steve and Metalhead. 
members of the old justice force. After the last of the metal menaces have been defeated, a holographic message of none other than the dastardly Dr. Dome plays. That was he great alliteration, by the way. Oh, thank you. Fantastic. <laughs> I pride myself in it. He declares that there will be an even bigger attack on the whole Justice Force. Stainless Steel Steve activates the Justice Force signal and everyone shows up to his mansion, including Leo and Don. So apparently they went and got them somewhere in between these events. After seeing how time has affected our geriatric defenders of justice, more domoids, the little robots from earlier, attack. Our heroes successfully warded off and head outside to mop up whatever may be left and are surprised by Dr. Dome himself inside of his giant dome bot, which looks a lot like the domoids, just really, really big with him inside it. Then out of nowhere, battling Bernice comes charging in and she takes it down, but wait, it's not battling Bernice, but her daughter in the uniform. We learned that after her retirement, battling Bernice, one of the former members of the Justice Force, I should add, lived a normal life and had a daughter and has now passed away. Dr. Dome had been a member of the Force, but let his unrequited love for Bernice uh, essentially turn him evil because she did not return it. That's why it's unrequited. And so he left and become a villain, became a villain. Stainless Steel Steve, however, offers Dome another chance and he accepts the offer of redemption and moves in with Stainless Steel Steve and Metalhead. Such a sweet story. The summary was, was all aces. Yeah, it was it was definitely it was interesting. All right. Next up we have issue 17. This is titled Distractions from November 1988. This was written by Kevin Eastman and Eric Talbot, art by Eric Talbot, and letters by Steve Levine. So in feudal Japan, Michelangelo sits at a fire when some traveling when some travelers come across him. He invites them to sit with him. They explain that they are Toshiro and his daughter Tai, and Mike comments that he's looking for his brothers who were separated from him when they came here. Toshiro and Tai leave, but Mike hears them being ambushed. He leaps into action to help the family, but Tai is taken prisoner by Tachi, Daimyo Orkai's son. Toshiro reveals he is ruler of the province they're in, and Tachi has kidnapped Tai in order to marry her. The resulting marriage, along with Toshiro's death, will give Tachi complete control of both lands. Mike vows to stop this. He infiltrates Tachi's province using stealth and disguises from guards that he knocks out which is one of my favorite tropes. Anytime a, a guy knocks out a guard and pops back up in his own clothes. Uh, Mike finds Ty in a jail cell and is attacked by an executioner. During the struggle, Ty escapes, but is intercepted by Tachi, who takes Ty to Orkai's throne room. Uh, Orkai also has a pet dinosaur, which is kind of badass. Mike shows up after defeating the executioner and kills the pet dinosaur. The turtle knocks the wind out of Tachi and his father and jumps out the window with Tai. As they make their escape, they come to a bridge and are surrounded on both sides by Tachi's men. Tachi comes out of the crowd and challenges Mike to a one-on-one -on -one duel. Mike's nunchuck is sliced in two, but he's able to catch Tachi's sword in his hand and roundhouse kick Tachi in the face into unconsciousness. The bad guy is defeated. Tai re reunites with her father, Toshiro, and bids Mike a fond farewell as he leaves to search for his brothers. 
In his bedroom in Northampton, Mike asks Clunk if the story he's writing is just a little too corny. The end. Just another wonderful issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really? just like fun one-shot issues that kind of just fill the space in between. Yeah. Whenever someone asks me about one-shot issues of Ninja Turtles, I always have a hard time coming up with them. But like, there's some good ones out there. Yeah. There are. But are they these issues? Let's discuss an anchovies. After the second time around, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that would have been a good segue. <laughs> hey, uh, nice junk. Yeah, one thing I noticed is that they used the uh, make my skin crawl line again. Casey, oh, did they? I missed it. Yeah, I missed yeah. that too. Yeah, Casey says that robots make his skin crawl, I think. I think they said it again when the domoids ch- charge in through the, the into the, the comic shop. Yeah, I was too busy looking at everything on the comic shop, like and just being surprised at how much they kind of got away with. Oh, like yeah. yeah, like there was a straight up G.I. Joe logo, like the official G.I. Joe logo on one of the comics. Um there was uh X-Men was a good call out, um, which half of the N was covered, so it looked like X Mev. Yeah. Um, <laughs> There was a Hulk poster. There was, um, like, there, there was there was a lot of like actual comics on the shelf, um, yeah. which I thought was kind of interesting. Like, you could get away with that in like an indie comic in the eighties, but having it reprinted nowadays just seems like kind of weird. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's mostly free advertising almost for all these other things. You know, it's well, not I like mean, they're really still in the property. I mean, it is, but it's like, you know, with how litigious everything is nowadays, like, yeah. I'm kind of surprised um, that it was all left in there. Yeah. Um, like, the mention to Daredevil and, um, like, that, obviously, like, that can fly. Mm-hmm. But, like, the actual logos of, like, G.I. Joe, that was just surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah, I found the line, so... I think it's Mikey asks him, why don't you read Puma, the Puma, this Puma Blues book, Case? He says, oh, I don't know. guess it's just that flying sea critters make my skin crawl. So All right. Puma Blues was another. Crawl. Yeah, Puma Blues is another indie book that that both he, at least for sure, that Peter Laird was into. Uh, yeah, there was a, yeah. there was a there was a Cerebus in there, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was on that was on one of the shelves. So in the in the opening, like turtle tracks, Peter mentions that you should pick up Puma Blues number 20 because there's a there's a short story about Raphael in the future. Yeah. In that issue. Um, also, Puma Blues used to be published by Aardvark One International, which is uh, Dave Sims company, Cerebus, yeah. right? And Mirage is, is taking it over from them. They're going to publish the last three or four issues of that series. So it's also kind of advertising for Mirage as well. You mean at this point in 1988? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then that's probably why there was a Cerberus comic on the shelf then. True. Um, Raph also mentions the dome robots aren't there for the latest issue of Space Arc. And that's a, that's a comic by Ken Mitroni, who will later do the TMNT Adventures comics, which is kind hmm. of cool. Yeah, it is cool. They and also then, uh, they mentioned the Flaming Carrot too, which is another crossover yep. the, the Turtles have. <laughs> 
that's what that's flaming carrots uh catchphrase Oop. Oop. yeah <laughs> is it really yeah ut yeah, I still, I still ut have yet exclamation to point <laughs> i still have yet to read a flaming carrot comic i you're not missing much it's pretty wild it's, i've heard it um, is it sounds like it's a trip yeah not my cup uh, of tea personally but yeah same uh, a couple more um comics there was albedo um uh, which was a popular comic at or another indie comic at the time. Uh, Troll Lords was in there. Um, and there was apparently a comic adaptation on in there of You're the Hunter from the Future, which is one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, which I, I wonder if I wonder if Peter threw that in just for fun because he likes that movie. But yeah, it's a terrible one. I've never never even heard of it before. It's no one's heard me. of this movie. Uh, it is like, oh God, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like, it's like Masters of the Universe with like Planet of the Apes and like, it's just terrible. So Masters of the Apes or Planets of the Universe? Oh, it's, it's, it's <laughs> an old, it's an old Italian movie. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. I, I can't I can't even like you know what? Watch it for fun. Watch it for fun. Let us know what you thought of it. Is it is it a so bad it. it's is it a so bad it's good movie or is it just it's, gonna be it's bad? been a long time since I since I've seen it. It's one of those movies that like my nerdy uncle had and mm-hmm. like I found it in his like, you know, tapes that he picked up bootleg at a con. Yeah. And, like and he was like, Oh, you wanna watch that? And we watched it um like <laughs> yeah there's some things like mazes and monsters you know which is like so bad it's good you know it's just hilarious to see this movie about how dungeons and dragons is going to destroy your life oh yeah versus like Hellboy- as, a D- as an avid D and D player i can confirm it will ruin your life definitely yeah <laughs> and then versus like though like hellboy 2019 which is just so bad it's just awful Man, like, I wanted to. I wanted to like that movie. I wanted to like it too. So I love David Arbor, and I thought he was absolutely. I thought he was great. I'm yeah. just that movie is just. I mean, it was just endless exposition for like almost an entire movie, because yeah. you know they were jumping right into the middle of like the third book of the omnibus of Hellboy. So like that's a long ways into the series. Yeah. Anyway, it was it was too much. But my point is, is if that movie, if I'm going to watch it for fun, I hope it's like Mazes and Monsters bad and not not Hellboy 2019 bad. It, no, it's Mazes and Monsters bad. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. I might just... Like, like I, I chose what I described it pretty pretty fairly, I think. I, th- I think mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes meets Masters of the Universe. I think that's fair. Okay. I'll have to give it a shot. But the planet, the apes movies are good. That's the, that's the other thing. So speaking of things that Peter Laird put in the background of these comics, I noticed that there's a Diet Pepsi that uh, was it Joey Elastic reaches for. Peter Laird must really like Diet Pepsi because in Survivalist, uh, one of the turtles <laughs> asks if Diet Pepsi is cold while he's at the picnic beforehand. So, yeah, Peter Laird just like shamelessly puts anything he likes into his comic books. Makes sense. You know, he I just mean, just does. If I, if I had a popular comic like this, I I mean, I would too. 
Mm-hmm. I would I would throw in references that are funny to me. Yeah, well, like in volume four, he just like straight up talks about like there's one point where one of the turtles or someone talks about how great their Apple computer is because it can do this and like specifically mentioned it's Apple. It can do yeah. this. Thank goodness because it's an Apple. It's a Mac, you know, like <laughs> it, it's just kind of a funny, yeah, a funny trope of his. So this issue, we get another pinup by his brother, Don Laird. And he's he's no slouch in the art department either. Uh, it's like Leo fighting a dragon. It's really cool. Ooh. And then this book apparently came out after issue 16 because Mark Martin was like done, but Peter Laird only had the pencils done of this issue. So they, for whatever reason, released issue 16 first and still called it 16, not 15. Huh. What do you I know? Uh, yeah, so I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, there's extra credits at the very bottom of the first page. It says T-shirt designs by Ryan Brown. Yeah, I think Metalhead is wearing like a Metallica T-shirt. And then thanks to Michael Dooney for his figure assistance. Oh, I huh. see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the fine print under there. Yeah, it's super duper small. but Yeah, Metalhead was supposed to actually be inspired by Ryan Brown because he's, you know, a big metal enthusiast. Yeah, uh, apparently the ZZZ sound coming from the signal, like the Justice Force signal, mm-hmm. is supposed to be a reference to Jimmy Olsen's Superman mm-hmm. signal. I would uh, have yeah. known this if I hadn't read Peter Laird's commentary. You didn't know about Jimmy Olsen's Superman watch? I did not. Ah, uh, okay. So Superman's best friend, Jimmy Olsen, uh, was given a watch by Superman um, because he got in trouble so often that he basically had a cell phone for Superman only. Um, it was a watch that only made a sound that Superman could hear. Ah. Or is it made a sound that only Superman could hear? Um, and basically anywhere in the world. So if Jimmy activated the watch, Superman knew he was in trouble and would come. And that way the bad guys wouldn't know that Superman was coming. Ah, well, there you go. I didn't know I did. it was a reference to that, though. That's I didn't cool. realize it was a giant snoring sound, but. <laughs> so do you guys think that one of the guys being named Sakai is a reference to Stan Sakai? I think yes. so. It's got to be. Actually, at the at the end of the book, like the original print, uh, Eric Talbot takes some time to like recognize some people that have influenced him. And one of them is Stan Sakai. So well, 100%, I believe that. Yeah. I wasn't going to say 100%, but now I will. So. <laughs> uh, I thought, that, I mean, this, this was, it was, it was neat. Um, it threw me because I was like, why are we reading another Tales issue? Because you guys didn't tell me anything about these issues when, when, uh, when I was doing the homework. So like, I'm reading it and I'm like, why is this like, this is a Tales issue. Like, and I'm trying to like rationalize it. I was like, did I did I miss something? Why is Mikey looking for his brothers? Did they go to like, are these random people showing up in Northampton? Um, <laughs> and so by the end of the issue, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. Mikey's writing fan fiction, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I see Clunk again. We haven't seen Clunk in like uh, what he he was at the Christmas uh, issue. What was that? Leonardo when he Michelangelo like mugs. Well, no, but uh, later he like he like mugs uh, Raphael when he's looking for Mikey's gifts. Oh, that's in, right. In yeah, yeah, yeah. In the Christmas issue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second Christmas issue. Yeah. yeah. 
I noticed that Mike has an action figure of a Ninja Turtle on his. Yeah. Head, which is <laughs> kind of weird, but kind of cute too. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's obviously an Easter egg for us, mm-hmm. but like, I, I don't know. It, it, it was, it was cute. It was cute. Yeah. I like looking around the room and just seeing all the stuff there. There's like the ATST on the shelf. Yep. I mentioned, I mentioned it in our, in our group chat, like the colored issue made or the colored comic made his mask orange so i was like that's weird yeah that's that a, weird. that's a weird choice <laughs> in the series where they've been red the whole time he's got that big poster of a melting pot which was something talbot and eastman were working on on the side mm-hmm. i've never read it but i guess the movie uh heavy metal 2000 is based off of that comic huh uh, that was the yeah that was the kevin eastman era of heavy metal right basically he basically took all of his turtles money and bought the comic and publishing company heavy metal flex mentalo okay looked it up it is dc comics it is dc it is dc comics so the fact that it's not on there is a little weird that is pretty weird i wonder if he retains some rights to it and is not allowing them to print it digitally or something i don't know this is the i mean this is dc we're talking about like yeah. They they screwed Alan Moore out of Watchmen. So true. <laughs> now, um, do we have any any second time arounds that aren't about the very last page of this issue? I don't think so. Mine is also <laughs> no, my last one is that he's wearing a Batman shirt. And the yeah, last page. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really have any second times around. Like other than other than what I mentioned earlier, like this is with my first time around. I thought this was the Tails issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then I guess we can get into anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I call legend Kick us off, Spencer. So I always find it weird, and like Peter Laird points it out as well in the uh, in his commentary afterward, and they've done it in an earlier issue as well, whenever they like introduce themselves as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've always just found that weird whenever I've read it in any comics. Uh, yeah, because yeah, they don't have like... I... I don't like it either. Yeah. yeah. It makes That's sense not. in the cartoon because it's like written on the side of their blimp, but it doesn't really make sense here in the comic book. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not even fun. Like when it is a, like, I don't know. It's only funny when it's a joke. Like yeah. when they, when they like do it, like in like turtles three, when it's like, Oh, you're turtles. He's like, yeah. Of the teenage mutant ninja variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like in Rise when they're like mutant ninja turtles who also happen to be teenagers. Come on. Like <laughs> yeah, who's gonna like, believe that? Yeah, or Batman Ninja Turtles when they're just like when I think it's Gordon. Oh, they, when they when they when they yeah. uh what all are you guys? themselves like all four of them, like we're teenagers, mutants, ninjas, turtles. Except for they switch up the order, so you know yeah. they're just like we're ninjas, yeah. mutants, teenagers, turtles, something like that. That's to say, like stuff like that's fun. Um, mm-hmm. but like in here it's 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 never funny mm-hmm. when they do it like this yeah yeah and peter Lurd kind of says that you know it's something he'd change <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's something i would definitely change mm-hmm. um i thought it was weird that they were that the um the domoids were trademarked <laughs> Yeah, that's strange. <laughs> it's like, 
<laughs> I was like, that was really weird. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's kind of a joke. I think it's just Peter. I, I, it's it's definitely a joke, but it was just kind of mm-hmm. like okay, because those were the only ones that were like the Doom, uh, the Dome bot wasn't trademarked. Uh huh. No, I think that one also had the TM, didn't did it? Did it? I thought it did, but. Yeah, it's 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 a weird joke, but it's kind of funny. It's just the idea of like there will be a toy of this, you know. I guess it was it was just weird because it's like we didn't get any indication that like any anything else was going to be, and it's like it's one of those things that like Doctor Dome would have said trademark, but like why do the turtles say the Domoids are trademarked? <laughs> Maybe they just think that's the entire name. Oh, the Domebot is trademarked. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, it's a funny joke. I've always laughed at it uh, when seeing it. I Like I said, I think it is a reference to just the comics that were, you know, meant to sell toys, which, you know, those existed. Yeah, I guess. I'm sure that they had the trademark thing in there next to the name as well. I, you know, I really like this issue. But like the last couple pages felt very rushed. Yeah, like, it's it very like abrupt. Work. And there weren't like any backgrounds in any of the panels for like the last three pages. Like it was like they were just like frantically trying to get it out of the door. Mm-hmm. I also thought like, so the whole crux, the whole the whole crux of this issue is that um, Battling Bernice is not Bernice; it's her daughter Ananda, mm-hmm. right? And she explains it like she's not nearly as old as everyone else. Look at how not wrinkled my face is. But like as she's saying it, she has all these lines on her faces. Yeah, on I was- her face. She looks it was super so weird. Old. Yeah, it's so weird because I'm like, and and uh, the way the way all the shading is on her face, I'm like, is it supposed to look like her face is burned? Yeah, it was real strange. I what she looks older than everyone else there, but she's supposed to be like 20 years younger. Yeah, like she yeah. looks just as old as everybody. Yeah, yeah, that was my big anchovy. Uh, yeah. That was one of mine. Um, my my big one is I've said it before I don't like superheroes in turtles like it just it just feels weird because it's like why don't these guys show up to stop shredder like <laughs> you know like it, it just it just feels weird it, it I mean it's the same problem like when you start expanding the universe like you know if Batman is having so much trouble in Gotham why doesn't Superman help out you know, why doesn't Green Lantern show up? Yeah. And like they're in world reasons, but it's like all of these guys, I mean, granted they're retired, but they still jumped to like when, when, you know, when trouble calls, you know, they still showed up to, to be heroes. And it's like, okay, well the turtles ran out of New York because they, an evil ninja master ran them out. Like maybe these guys can go back and help them. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a issue of honor. They have to do it themselves. I mean, yeah, granted, okay, yeah, they have to do it themselves. <laughs> but like, Metalhead could have come. That dude rocks. <laughs> yeah, what's his deal? He's like a synthesoid of some sort. I didn't. I didn't understand what he was. I thought he was like. I thought he was like a crazy little man. I thought he was like Puck from Alpha from Alpha Flight. Mm-hmm. Um where he was just a solid little guy that jumped into things. Yeah, I mean, it says something about him being a synthesoid, so he must be like a synthetically created human somehow. We just never get the full backstory. Uh, 
And like, yeah. I knew there was, I knew the metalhead in Mirage was different. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect it to be this guy. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like different in the worst way. It's, he's not a robot turtle man. That's right. for sure. He doesn't I mean, really appear to have any metal on his head either. <laughs> and like, okay, like the metal head, like I got it when he, when they're like, oh, this is metal head. And like a dude was wearing a Metallica shirt earlier mm-hmm. and he's got like, you know, the, you know, heavy metal hair. So I mean, like it was, it was a more of a punny name, but I was like, all right, that's, that's fine. Well, I mean, if you watch like the 2003 cartoon, his hair seems to be like made of, of some sort of metal. Or seems yeah. to be metal-esque and have metal qualities. And so that's what's going on here. I actually I like that less. I like the character <laughs> a lot. I like I like that less. I think it's more funny that he's a heavy metal guy. And that's why he's called Metalhead. It's like calling the, the big guy in your crew slim. Oh yeah, yeah, like that's yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, like call, calling like the big guy tiny. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't think it's a very fitting name. I think they could have come up with something different or made his like hair look metallic like they did in that cartoon because that made more sense to me when I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's I feel like they worked out a lot of the kinks in the cartoon with this issue, you know, like the abrupt ending. They kind of changed things around to make the emotional stakes a little higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Peter kind of realized what the flaws were and I think they kind of got rearranged in that cartoon. Also, I read this First in black and white, and then I was flipping through the, my color copy, and the domoids look terrible in color. They give them these like purple, pinkish arms, but they look so sleek when they're just all silver. I don't know why See, they did that. I I I like the color, uh, the colors they use. They're very toyetic. Yeah, the, and they remind me of like like Krang's Bubble Walker from the Playmates toys. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, like when the Doombot came out. I was like, is this like, I was going through my Rolodex of like references and I'm like, is this reference anywhere else in Turtles? Like, it feels like a boss from the video games. Yeah. It's not, but it really felt like it was. But why not? Let's make Dr. Dome a a villain in the video game. Bring him in. Bring him in Shredder's Revenge. Do it. Domoids. Come on. Yeah, you know, alternate skin for Krang at the very least, right? Yeah. Something. I I like it a lot. Also, I didn't realize her name was Ananda. I thought it was I thought it was Amanda. No. No, it's A N A N D A. Ananda. In in the commentary it says that uh Peter says that it was the name of a waitress at some place they went to and it was just such a unique name that it stuck and so he named the character. They Ananda. had to have read it wrong. That is not true. Peter <laughs> Peter, come on, Peter. <laughs> No one Maybe, names uh, a kid Ananda on purpose. You know, you work at a place long enough, you're using the same tag over and over. Something gets smeared and rubbed off a little bit. I I worked jobs with name tags. I just rewrote my name on it. <laughs> <laughs> with a Sharpie. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, overall, like, like I said, I just, I don't like superheroes and turtles. Um, my last, my last one is just, we've been in Northampton so long and it's like so much stuff happens here in Northampton than ever did in New York. It just feels weird at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's, there's a whole community of superheroes living in Northampton. Yeah, exactly. Like there's a whole community of superheroes, like aliens and superheroes and like mobsters and 
everything is in Northampton. Like the turtles should relocate here. Yeah, totally. Well, and I mean, they like, pretty much do. But they should just stay here. Don't even bother returning to New York. Well, you'll see in Return to New York that they just return to finish up their business and they come back to Northampton. Well, spoiler, geez, thanks. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just, just going to tell you now. These comics are 30 years old. I think uh, I think we're past the point. <laughs> and yet I'm reading them all for the it. first time and learning so much. So, but it, I, yeah, it just it just feels like we're 15 issues in and they've been in Northampton for over half of them. So it just, it just feels weird at this point. Yeah. Especially I mean, when, I'm getting anxious to, to return to New York. Yes. Especially when the Ninja Turtles and, you know, it's classically have been very, very heavily New York based and cartoons and everything. Yeah. It's, like I, 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 like I said, I, I like that they, that they're you know basically on vacation and kind of they came out here just to do their thing and recharge and everything but it's like it's it's really pressing that you guys get back to new york as soon as possible why because shredder's there but they don't have like he's not like tracking them down or anything like they have really no reason to go back no but i mean they they essentially let the bad guy alone to run the city well, that's not what they're concerned over. about. He's not trying to take over the city. He's just got a crime empire. They're just in it for revenge. Yeah. I mean, okay, fair. Yeah, like these turtles, that's right. They were raised to be assassins and kill Shredder only. So mm-hmm. that, you're, you're right. You're right. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll put that one away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't really have any other complaints for this issue, so I'm good. No, me neither. It, it's not. It's not a bad issue. It's just it's a Laird. It's a Laird doing his Laird stuff. Yeah. And issue 17 is very much written by Kevin Eastman. It is. Yeah. And that's what's yeah. funny about this. The last one was very Laird. This one's very, uh, very Eastman. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't hate it. It was, it was fun. It did feel like a tales issue. Um, but honestly, I really don't have anything bad about this one. Yeah. It I don't was, have anything really in here. It, it just, it moves. It it moves very quickly and a lot of the dialogue is forgettable, but like, I mean, I, it, I was done in like a couple minutes reading this issue. Yeah. I, I think it would work well, even just like as a silent issue. You don't really need any of the, of the text whatsoever. This would have been a really good Samurai Jack episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much, it feels very Samurai Jacky. So yeah, like it, it was a story that did what it was there to do, told the story it meant to tell. So I don't really have any complaints either. Yeah, same. I do wish we got more of Michelangelo being a writer. Like I know that comes back in volume three, but mm-hmm. like I I I think it's interesting to have like you know he, typically he's just kind of portrayed as the laid back guy, but like there's another side there. You know, there's there's yeah. a creative romantic side to him that we we don't get to see very often. I I like yeah. how modern TNTs or TMNTs are. Um, bringing out that more creative side because like so not only is michelangelo like the party dude he's also like the creative one yeah like artistically creative like donatello's the, still the smart one who creates things michelangelo's like the artist yeah right. he likes connecting with people yeah. you know and like art is something you do to do that you know mm-hmm. yeah and and so him kind of writing fan fiction about him and his brother is like eh, that's cool I, I i see your fanfic au all right <laughs> Well then, if we're talking about all these things that we like, let's officially move into I Love Being a Turtle. Oh, 
I love being a turtle. Bring it back to Dome Doom. Um, I I like the superhero names. Um, uh, I Joey Elastic, the Rubber Band. That's my favorite one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think that's I think that's a great good punny name. Uh, Zippy Lad being in a wheelchair was kind of funny. Yeah, I mean that's what I really loved about this issue is like. Because like in DC at this time, I'm pretty sure that your golden age superheroes were old men, but they never really like showed it in like their age is showing on them. So I feel like Peter Laird was just like realistically being like, here's what happened if you actually aged and you were a superhero. Like if you're a speedster, you're running so hard on your legs that now you're down in a wheelchair. Well, I'm gonna learn yeah. you. We're in a pro- <laughs> we're in a post uh, crisis on Infinite Earths right now. Yes, yeah, that so. one came out in '87. That came out in '87, so uh, there was an old man Superman in that issue in that in that series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was the Earth Two Superman. Yeah, and um, I mean, one of my favorite things in fiction is characters getting older, mm-hmm. um, like as you read them. Yeah, and so like it's not static. So I I think that's cool having aged superheroes sometimes. Yeah. But like, I love seeing like Joey Elastic, you know, he goes to reach for that, you know, diet Pepsi and his arm just doesn't quite stretch back like he wants it to because he's getting old. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, that it's not the same that as was, it was anymore. Out of their prime. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Deadbolt is stuck. <laughs> oh, okay, that was I my did, favorite. I, I hated that joke. <laughs> oh, I thought it was hilarious, man. He's, <laughs> I just got stuck. He was doing the, the Saturday Night Fever pose that Travolta does and he gets stuck. Okay, but, okay. That's, on that's funny. That's funny, but there has never been a John Travolta lookalike contest anywhere in the world. <laughs> that's that joke I hated. <laughs> it would have been funnier if he was doing it like at a costume party or a Halloween or party. or if he was just dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 just got stuck. That's funnier. Yeah. But like it like having the John Travolta thing is such a specific reference that it actually brings it around to not being funny. <laughs> By the way, for those listening who haven't read this, Captain Deadbolt's power was that he could like lock his joints up and not move at all. Yeah, he and was completely Deadbolt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so apparently another commentary thing is that uh Peter Laird wanted to use him again, like bring in Deadbolt back in as a plot. I guess probably have him come unfrozen. He wanted to bring the character back in later on. It just never happened. That's too bad. It's too bad. I like how he's in display in Zippy Lad's house as well. Just, just sitting there. It's very oh, like, I missed that. Panel. It's off the side of the panel. His foot. You can see his foot, and he's got like the velvet ropes around it, like <laughs> it's a display. Yeah. <laughs> the velvet rope really sells it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like I just love seeing the heroes though as old people. It is, it's fun, you know. Stainless Steel Steve, that guy's just ridiculous. <laughs> I like the idea that he just has this metal plate on his forehead. It, is is that his only power? Because I was like, is this like yes. a Colossus thing, like where uh, his he's whole, got like, his whole body turns? But it's like he's just got a metal plate on his head. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a metal plate in his head. That's the, that's his entire power. He has oh a metal my plate god! In his head. Like not even it's... not even like super strength or anything. Just literally, I got a plate on my head. Yeah. I just want to see him, you know, in action a lot more. You know, just bashing things with his head. Uh, it's just I feel like he must develop a fighting style that involves a lot of head butting. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of bear hugs and headbutts. Yeah, and I actually love Metalhead and his concept as a character. I like that his he has like the hair that moves and goes all hard and can harden and do things. I think it's a lot of fun, and I'm always a little disappointed when I see them use the name Metalhead for the robot turtle, because I know that I'm not going to get superhero Metalhead anywhere. I don't think I don't think he ever showed up again after this. He's in the 2003 like series. Well, right, but that but that's because that's an adaptation of this. Yeah, well, I I think these heroes show up again in Volume Four. Yeah, they do. So, I, but like outside of Mirage Comics and stuff based on Mirage Comics, I don't think he's ever shown up in any other sort uh-uh. of media. No, he he doesn't. It's I think it's sad because I've always liked the the concept of the character, especially especially the way they have him in the two thousand three series where they make his hair like a little more OP uh, in the way it moves. It's, it's really cool. I like it. I guess I got to do it. I, I haven't started. I haven't started my 2003 watch, but I'm, I'm, I'm building up to it. I downloaded the Paramount Plus app. I'm excited get there. Man. I it's baby like steps. It. Yeah, ba- baby steps. I'll get, I'll get there. I'll get there. I'm, I'm building it up. I'm building it up. You might like it better now that you've read some of these stories. And... I, think, I think having more context will be nice. Yeah. I got to say, in this issue, I, I said it last layered issue but he draws the hell out of some nature like that that scene when uh the dome bot is barging through the trees like yeah that was pretty trees. cool and even like the the architecture like the effect those domoids on the roof like yeah that's a, that's a good looking two-page spread yeah, i've said it before i honestly think laird is the better artist of the two mm-hmm. i would agree yeah. yeah i'd agree with that like his robot designs are also freaking awesome yeah like the domoids yeah Oh, I will say I don't like any of their costumes. All of the superhero costumes are bad, especially Battle and Bernice. Like they're all very basic. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. but there's some, there is something classic about about them. Um, but they're also like they're also very forgettable. They're not good costumes that say who these characters are, except maybe Metalhead. Yeah, Metalhead, and I also like. Dr. Doom. I mean, Dr. Doom doesn't have much of a costume. He's got the bow tie, but at least definitely the head part yeah, okay, is okay. pretty like, iconic. He, his, design, his design is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I would have liked to see a younger Dr. Doom so I didn't have to look at that monstrosity of a face. But um, that's what made the villain the villain, man. I mean, I get it, <laughs> but like I, I what, speaking of Dr. Doom, I did like the Dr. Doom joke. Yeah. Like I, I wish they kind of doubled down on it. Like, ugh, Dr. Doctor Doom, what kind of silly name is that? No, this is Dr. Dome. Yeah, and Stainless Steel Steve looks just like the Atom. And then, what's your name? Badlin Bernice looks like Power Princess from the Guardians of the Galaxy. And Zippy Lad Yeah, ahead, Zippy Lad was kind of like they took Jay Garrick with like the Silver Age Flash with Barry Allen and just kind of meshed the two costumes together. Yeah, yeah. and it just, <laughs> but like it didn't, it didn't feel good, so it's just kind of like, eh. mm-hmm. yeah. Like the costumes were very free. like the only one I'm remembering right now is battling Bernice because I hated it, and Metalhead, which I loved. Yeah, Zippy yeah. Lad's just got the one giant lightning bolt on his hat. And that's what it is. That's the wings I, I was thinking of. Couldn't even, wing, I couldn't even remember that. So, yeah, it's not fantastic, but for the purpose of the story, I think it's fine. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love it's like the best thing to shout when jumping into battle. There's a part in this issue where Raph is jumping and he says, It's violence time. I sent I yeah. sent that I loved in the, it. I sent that in our group chat. I was like, this <laughs> yeah. is funny. That's so good. <laughs> That's like That's me every Saturday morning, you know, having yeah. grown up without cable and the only thing on during the week is PBS kids. And then you finally get up on Saturday morning at seven and turn on the TV and you're just like, it's violence time. <laughs> <laughs> Never had that happen, but all right. All right. Oh, That's I, what it was yeah. for me, man. It was like cartoons where people fight each other. Yes. Right. I'm sick of art there where everyone and Roblox and, yeah good stuff yeah one of those things was like i'm sick of arthur where everyone just talks their problems out and solves them and i just want people to punch each other i think arthur is still making new episodes that like i watched that when i was a kid yeah i'm it, old I'm, it's, man i'm old it's endless it'll never end so arthur and spongebob are the two things that have transcended generations yeah and turtles i guess and Ninja Turtles, but not not in the same way <laughs> yeah we haven't had the same series going on forever though with how much people won't shut up about 87 it feels like it oh, oh. zing zing <laughs> distraction <laughs> anyway, yeah. one yeah. more thing though about i love being a turtle <laughs> with uh with this last issue is that i always just like a good redemption and a healing story i just think it's wholesome and nice yeah, I kind of oh, like that. Like, yeah, for Doctor Dome, how they give him a, a second chance, and he's just kind of like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, that that mistakes. was it's nice. Time they didn't kill him or anything. Like, he didn't fall off a cliff by accident. Uh, he didn't, you know, he didn't get blown up in his own in it by his own robot, like freaking the survivalist guy. Yeah, like it. It was nice that he got a redemption. That was yeah. that was that was nice. He's just like, I need to stop simping, especially for a dead woman. It's over. So that's Distraction. Distractions. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I love the reveal at the end that Mikey is writing the story and just that he's. It was, it was a good reveal. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely did not see it coming. Um, it, it was good. It was good. Yeah, that's. I kind of we wish about... he used different names. I don't know. I because like the whole time I'm reading it, I kept thinking like, I kept reading Saki, not Sakai. Yeah, like Kai and, and Tachi. Yeah, and I was like, I like use Yoshi. You know, do, 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 tie it in, tie it into the family a little bit. But when we were talking about uh, who was going to do which issue, I remember thinking like the only thing I remember about distractions is the very last page. <laughs> but it was such a good, good last page, you know. So. Actually, I really love the cover. Yeah, yeah the really cover's cool. cool. I don't know if you've seen it. Like it, it kind of wraps just a bit on the back. Yeah, and the executioner is behind him with the axe up. It looks really I sick. and it's like I love the I love all the outfits in in this. Um, like Eric Talbot did a fantastic job on this. Um, so much so I honestly thought this was I thought Eastman drew this issue. Like, I I mean I can kind of tell the difference in their styles. Like once I know it's eric but like if i'm just reading it it does feel like uh kevin yeah they have very similar styles i i do dig talbot's turtle design like they have that darker head and a lighter jaw yeah so it looks pretty distinctive he's also he's a tattoo artist now you should look up like his turtle tattoos they look ghastly maybe i will yeah they're amazing 
I might be in the market for a tattoo. And I'll just, you know, call up Eric over here. Yeah. Yeah, fly out to the East Coast, get a tattoo from Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I always think it's cool to see the turtles in feudal Japan, especially like in this setting where it's not time travel or anything. Like it's it's a story where he is living in feudal Japan going through the the story instead of instead of the time travel. I think it's really fun that way. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I said. That's why I thought it was a Tales issue, because I was like, this is, it's not a, like, oh, we traveled back in time thing. It's, yeah, it was, it was, it was neat. I mean, it could be, like, you wouldn't be surprised if Renette showed up at the end of it, you know? Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. But, I don't know, and that's the one also just says more, in my opinion, about, like, Michelangelo than than anything has since like the Northampton arc, you know, we actually get to see that creative side of his personality and him writing, like we mentioned earlier. It's cool too, that like, you know, I think we talked before that like, he's the one that wants to fit in with humans and like make friends and, and just live a normal life sometimes. And in this issue, like no one is concerned that he's a giant turtle, but he still yeah. sees himself as a giant turtle. Yeah. Kind of cool. Yeah, no, I really, I noticed that too. Like no one cares or mentions him being a turtle or says anything about it. The girl is even eyeing him a little bit. Like this guy's kind of cute. You know? <laughs> I do wish they, I do wish they called attention to it. Cause like demons in Japan is like a huge thing. Yeah. Like, especially back then. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of my favorite things that turtles three, the movie did was like play into that. Like, Oh, you guys are, you guys are Kappa demons. Mm-hmm. Cappuccino cappuccino now nah, it makes me hyper um but like i i, I wish they kind of doubled down on it like oh this is this is a friendly demon to help us yeah but once again like this is michelangelo writing the story i mean you know? okay granted yeah like he might not have known that which is why they didn't call attention to that i think Fair. it's also just the fact that he wants to live in a world where he's seen as normal well i mean but demons in japan were normal back then like that's that's the thing. It was like it was just everyday uh, life. There were bad demons, mm-hmm. um, but like that was the thing. Like I'm I'm talking Inuyasha rules here. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Down boy. <laughs> Sit boy. <laughs> Sit boy. Oh man, it's been. I was in high school when I watched that. No, it's yeah. God. Yeah, I love I love me some Inuyasha, and also Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer is a really good anime. I haven't watched either of those, but I have been watching Jujutsu Kaisen. But that oh, I love Jujutsu Kaisen, man, dude. Me, so and my wife so are all over that. God, my, those the theme song and the ending theme song. Oh, freaking especially slap, for the dude. first half, like the first two, like oh, the first yeah. the first theme song and the first ending. Mm-hmm. I, I lost lost in paradise. Oh, oh man, yeah. I was I was blasting that on my way home today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my wife and I have also uh, found ourselves captivated by this anime. <laughs> Oh, good, good, good. Have you all watched uh, Way of the House Husband? Not yet. Oh, no. that's that's really good. I'm not like super into anime like you two apparently are, but uh, that's a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not super, super into anime, but, you know, I've watched yeah. my fair share of anime. I've watched all like right. Full Metal Alchemist's Blood Brotherhood, mm-hmm. Online, and yeah. uh, One Punch Man. Those are like the only two I've really gotten. Oh, fantastic. 
both great. Yeah. Both of them good. I will say, I'm one. I'm unpopular opinion. I like the original Full Metal Alchemist better than Brotherhood, but yeah, yeah. I guess that's very unpopular. <laughs> that is a, it is a very unpopular opinion, but I hold true. I really like the episode. I, I watched like nine episodes of the first series and then realized that there was a second one that was closer to the original and just kind of dropped the first series. But I really like the episode yeah. they did with the butcher dude. Uh, you um, know, I think Barry the butcher plays better in the original, but yeah, it was uh, a that was a really good episode. But it's kind of like kind of like Turtles in two thousand three in the Mirage series, like yeah. it. Brotherhood adapts the manga in a way that it, 2003 adapts Mirage. Like it's very faithful, but does change up some stuff. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, that was enough anime talk. Distraction. Distraction. <laughs> anime talk with Spencer, Keith, and Mike. <laughs> oh, man. Well, what news have we got? This is April O'Neil of Channel 6. Oh, man. In a week, uh, we got another April's uh, Turtle Tuesday. Um, So this week's April video with Judith Hogue was uh, detailing the package design for uh, her figure, uh, which we got a reveal at the end. And uh, it was really cool. It's a box of all of the TV screens that Shredder was watching and it's got that close-up of April before he throws the knife into the TV. And that is the box. Uh, we also officially now know it is an ultimate April O'Neil figure. It is going to be a single card. She's the only figure in the box. It's not a two-pack. So that was pretty cool. Uh, just before recording, uh, Super 7 announced that uh, they gave us a little tease of possibly Wave 5 coming. Um, they gave us a nice close-up of the arm of a turtle in samurai armor, which uh, fellow turtle toy fans will know that is Leo the Sewer Samurai, uh, one of the best vintage Playmates figures. Uh, so really excited to get that um, in the Ultimates line. Um, we don't know anything else as of right now recording. Hopefully that's going to be announced either tomorrow or next week. Um, knowing Super 7, they usually do a tease and then like the next couple days, day or two is the full reveal. And then lastly in toy news, uh, like we mentioned last week, uh, NECA is doing pre-orders on their website for some of the older figures or some new figures. Uh, this week's announcement was Ace Duck and Mutagen Man, who hadn't been revealed yet um, as a two-pack. Uh, so you can pre-order that on NECA's website, uh, or at least you could because that pre-order will be done by the time this episode goes up. Uh, new pre-orders will be announced tomorrow, Friday, um, which I will promise I will remember to record so you can put it in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> right here um and yeah you could get those figures over at the nekastore.com wow lots of toy news a lot of toy news this month uh april april seems to be like turtle toy news month um you know it, it, it like with neca kind of doing their whole turtle april thing and then like the the turtles like anniversary month is usually around this time anyway. And plus everyone kind of just runs with it because April, April O'Neil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think issue one came out in May, right? Yeah. May, May yeah. is, 
the official like turtles birth month mm-hmm. i only know because my birthday is in may so turtles and i are around the same age oh. let's do a little celebration were, for you Mike. they're one year older than me so <laughs> um that that is it for toy news um kind of quiet everywhere else really um i think no new issues really either in comics i think yeah, we yeah, got some there's... previews of uh of Last Ronin, just like oh, that's right, we got that panel preview or two of Last, here of Last Ronin. Yeah, yeah, it looks like they're kind of holding hands of Splinter as he passes away. It's the last one I saw from Ben yeah. Bishop. And then there was Ben Bishop also posted a, a Leonardo going full murder on a group of yeah, soldiers. Saw that. Yeah, that was freaking awesome. I cannot wait. So yeah, if, if you went last last Ronin spoilers, uh, follow Ben Bishop on Instagram. Yeah, follow Ben Bishop and Tom Waltz, and they yeah. will. Well, follow Tom Waltz on Twitter. He's he'll post them there usually, and yeah. then Ben Bishop will follow on Instagram. <laughs> but we will do our best also to put that on our social media pages, which you can all find at Ninja Turtle PH on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Yeah. So follow us and like us there. Leave us some reviews. <laughs> We've got hey guys. If you enjoyed the episode, uh, be sure to let us know somewhere on the internet. Like I said, Ninja PH at all the major uh, socials. Um, you can download this episode, share it with your friends, let us know what you think, DM us, tell us what you think of these two issues. Um, you know, did you have any distractions? <laughs> uh, well, Spencer, what are we doing next week? Next week. We're going to be covering three episodes of season three, which will be seven, eight, and nine of the 1987 series. So that's Burns Blues, The Fifth Turtle, and Enter the Rat King. Enter the Rat King. We're going to get an episode where Shredder isn't behind everything. This is amazing. Yeah. The first one of the show. Season three. Yeah. Took, nine it, took episodes us this in. long. Took us this long to get a new bad guy. For one episode. It's fine, though. It's fine. It's cool. It's whatever. He comes back in other episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back I to already... Shredder soon. You can just tell, though, by the titles, like, which episode's going to be the worst one. Like, it's like, The Rat King, The Fifth Turtle, Burns Blues. Like... <laughs> womp, womp. Womp, womp. Dim's out not having to summarize that one. <laughs> One, two, three, Rat King. All right. Well, that's all we have to say for this week. We've got some pretty good plans coming up for some future episodes. So make sure you stay tuned. Until next time, Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. It's violence time. to mention earlier um that cover uh for dome doom is like peter laird made it look like it's worn
I forgot to mention. Yeah, all like that. there's a coffee ring yeah. on it. It's it's a good cover. It's yeah. just it it's very busy. Yeah. yeah the first, he... first time I saw it was the color classics when I picked it up at the comic shop. I'm like, what is wrong with the cover on this thing? Like, yeah. What? It took me forever to realize it's it's a two coffee cup rings like on top of each other. Which who puts coffee on on a comic? <laughs> well Who you know that? it's supposed to be a homage to back when people didn't think collecting comics was going to be worth something someday <laughs> okay and i'm looking at the silver silver domoids and they are so much better in color i gotta disagree i like them <laughs> i like them all silver yeah i like them also, silver I, okay also i see metalhead's metal hair on the cover i do like that yeah it's it's cool oh yeah it's yeah, it's like dark in the issue itself though. Yeah, it's like, it's like it's like brown hair in, in the in yeah. the issue. That's why I thought he was just like a like a like puck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also like that it's it was the price of 150 cents. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Yeah. 200 in Canada. <laughs> I do like the call out too. In this issue, Casey Jones. Yeah. Yeah. But he goes into like great detail on how he created that cover in the in the commentary because he's pretty proud of it because he like straight up did the art went and got a mm-hmm. copy made of it in like comic book cover quality and then threw it in the floor of his truck like around his car whatever it was uh oh, threw like it on tape on it yeah they, they threw it on the floor in there and wore it out uh quite a bit that way and then uh he tried to make the coffee rings, but apparently the coffee actually wouldn't show up, so he had to use ink uh, instead to make them. And then that makes sense. I think he actually is the person that tore the corners and tore some of the edges themselves in a very artful way. But I guess there was issues with people like bringing issues back to their comic book shop, thinking they'd been ruined and stuff yeah, like that. That's that not the first time that's <laughs> happened. I've heard like some people when they do issues like this, like back then people thought like oh like what the hell happened to my issue like why'd you give me this mm-hmm. they clean it so, up like the, the why would you bring process. it back like why why would you buy the issue take it home find out about this then go back to your comic shop yeah <laughs> they cleaned it up a bit for the color classics like it doesn't have that huge uh gash in the top left corner huh. um, it looks like they tried to photoshop some tape out of it too yeah i'm looking i'm looking at the cover on turtlepedia right now and yeah it's got the uh the tape up there and that's cool yeah yeah so i guess you know we have a second second time around right here just talking yeah. about the cover of this <laughs> good bonus content you, uh, good bonus like, content for the stuff we missed i like yeah. that uh dr doe made these robots and then still had to give them like accessory weapons like he still gave them maces and axes and stuff he didn't just yeah like they all pick them up yeah (laughs) it's very it's very dr robotnik (laughs) oh yeah totally you know building building egg robos and then giving them guns and whatever Mm -hmm. i'm so annoyed i cannot find my trade of ronin i know i bought it and I, it's like it's got to be somewhere i just don't know where it is this happened to me several years ago Maybe it's just the power of the Ronin, Mike. <laughs> to just fade away. Just fade oh. away into the night. Into the oh, night. Oh, man. <laughs> God, it's annoying because, like, I want to read it again because I'm dumping on it so much, but <laughs> it's not, it's just not here. Yeah. And you be- can only wish list it on 
comicsology. I can't, I can't borrow it to read it. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to read it. Like it's talked about so much as part of Ninja Turtles history that I've gotta, I've gotta know. I've read Frank Miller's run on Daredevil. I need to read his Ronin. I mean, Ronin heavily, like I said, heavily inspired Turtles, especially like last Ronin. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the cover is basically the cut, co- like the whole like Ninja Turtles thing where like it's the cover is on the left side and it's got the black border on the right. Mm-hmm. That's from Ronin. Oh. Like mm-hmm. even the like the blood over like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like how they hold the sword mm-hmm. in like the logo. Like that is all based off of the first issue of Ronin, huh. which I just dropped in the group. Uh, which I just dropped in the group chat, so you guys can see. Oh yeah! Wow, that looks very, very much like, like they copied that. Yeah, the art style is very, very similar. Yeah, I see exactly the issue somewhere. Yeah, it's no joke when they said it was a parody. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. Like, Turtles is a parody a of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, the font of Turtles is that font. Yeah. But, yep, anyway. Ooh. That's a good tattoo. Tell me, man, look good. Like, I don't know if I'd get the turtles like as a tattoo. Like, I'm not into tattoos. Like I can't pick a phone lock screen to like <laughs> for, for more than a month. So like, right, I don't want. That's fair. I mean, I, I like yeah. I like to change mine up a lot. Um, but yeah, I I don't I don't like characters as tattoos. Like I'm not begrudging anybody that has a character as a tattoo. I just don't. I just personally don't like it. Like. When I worked at Disneyland, I saw enough people with bad Mickey Mouse cart tattoos that I was just like, this is gross and I don't like it. <laughs> like, good for you guys, but just not for me. So, like, I would probably get... If, if it had to be Turtles related, um, I would probably get, like, the Hamato logo um, that they use in, like, 2012 and Rise. Where it's like, like a lotus flower kind of thing. like the lotus flower that's kind of like a pizza too <laughs> yeah 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 i've seen I, I forget her name but it's the the girl who played because she's no longer batwoman anymore but the one that was batwoman in this cw series oh ruby rose ruby. yeah ruby rose she's got like a leonardo on her forearm or something like that does somewhere. she really yeah that's cool yeah, and I saw that and I was like, I could actually, you know, if I was a tattoo person, I would maybe actually get like something like that on my forearm. But, yeah, I could see that. But I'm not a tattoo person, so it'll never happen. But <laughs> no, my mom has said that she would come after me with a cheese grater if I ever got a tattoo, but I'm 36, mom. Leave me alone. <laughs> I want to get a yes. tattoo, damn it. It's on the back of her forearm. She's got a like 2003 Leonardo. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. Who would get 2003? Me. Just kidding. (laughs) 
And she's also got a tattoo of the inside of her lip, apparently. So. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I, that I couldn't do. That's, Ugh, that's that sounds that just sounds painful. Yeah. I'm a freaking wimp. I couldn't do that. No way. Yeah, my cat jumped off my lap and scratched my thigh like a week and a half ago. I'm still complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I think I'm going to go ahead and turn in for the night. Yeah, yeah. same as you. Same here, guys. What a fantastic week. Can't wait for our special announcement soon. Me too. Who uh, Who wants to do which episodes next week? Uh, I claim Drag King, so I guess I got number eight then. <laughs> yep, yep. I'll do Burns Blues, no problem. All right, cool. Take I feel it kind easy, of bad now. Maybe I'll take Burns Blues. No, no, no. <laughs> I I am perfectly fine with Burns Blues. All right, we're we're really close to Cowabunga Shredhead, though. I was <laughs> man, you're gonna love Cowabunga Shredhead. I'm sure so, I will. So good. All right, bye guys. All right, take, take it, it easy. easy.